Hello everyone, welcome back to CanadianGameDevs.com. This week we've got a special interview, a exclusive, I don't know if that's true, have you guys done interviews with any other podcasts yet? <laughs> uh, we, we may have, unfortunately. <laughs> Alright, I'm just going to pretend that you haven't and say exclusive interview with Only by Midnight, a rad indie game studio from Edmonton, Alberta, and joining us this evening, or whenever you're listening to this, hence the podcast, uh, is Andrew and Jen. Can you please introduce yourselves to us? hear a bit about what you do and where you're where you're at sure hi i'm uh, andrew charnetsky i'm one half of only by midnight uh i've been making games for 15 years i'm a co-founder of serious labs in edmonton where we make like vr training simulators and whatnot and uh for the last uh year and a half i've been working on curved space with my lovely wife jennifer because shooting energy spiders on crazy terrain is just more exciting than dealing with like big industrial clients i love I'm- that I'm uh, Jen LaFace. Um, I, I've, uh, I'm responsible for marketing, administration, uh, communications, quality assurance, writing, uh, anything non-dev related. Uh, my background, uh, I've worked uh, science fiction and fantasy uh, writer and editor for 10 years. Uh, and I also have uh, worked for OnSpec Magazine, Canada's longest um, science fiction and fantasy magazine, um, as a publisher's assistant. So I had to herd cats in that role. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great working on uh, Curve Space with Andrew here. That's awesome. That's such a cool path to getting into game development. I'm always interested to hear where, where people come from when they get into games. So VR, training sims, sci-fi, fantasy, writing and editing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Seems like, uh, seems like a pretty solid path. (laughs) And of course, our regular host Steve and myself we have some questions uh for you um if you don't know canadiangames.com is a site dedicated to covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them like you too so I always want to start with where did the name come from why only by midnight well yeah I was just thinking only by midnight uh for myself it was kind of this midnight is this time of confusion as well where it's like or do people mean the next day or the current day? And I just thought it was kind of interesting, like only by midnight. It's kind of like that bewitching hour is kind of what I was thinking. I know Andrew has his thoughts too. Well, when Jen first proposed that, like uh, we, we had a prototype that started growing roots. It started to become something real. And it's like, you know what? We should do this properly and we're going to have to incorporate something. And like there's going to be actual paperwork and things, but we need to do that if we're going to approach, say, Nintendo. And... Uh, she proposed this name, and it's like, this is great, because basically, like, I've been working during the day for uh, uh, Serious Labs, and then mm-hmm. I'd come home, and we'd have supper and spend time with the kid, and then, like, I'd be doing this either in the evening or the very early morning. Either way, it would be night, and so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, what a what a perfect kind of name for this project that was basically a, a moonlighting exercise, so there you go. I love that. By moonlight. How everyone should make games. Or uh, in a cabin and, in the woods. <laughs> and and it, the name was available when we did the name search, and all that went well, and uh, people don't completely assume it's a porn studio or something, so yeah, there we go. Ooh, <laughs> I, I didn't think about it until you said it, but now it's in my head. Well, it, you know what? It, other, it, it sticks in people's minds. Let's run with it. Two other big criteria is make sure the name's available for domains and stuff, and does it sound like porn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make sure it's not a weird acronym. <laughs> I, I've worked for 3DI and SLI, so yeah, the three-letter acronyms are a little much. 
Now I want to ask, uh, where did the inspiration for Curved Space come from? Uh, you said you've been working on it for a year and a half now? So some of the prototypes go back, oh, forever. But basically everything on Steam right now is since uh, February 2019. Um, although this last build has been fairly straightforward because like, we've gone through these prototypes and sort of set out to build a thing. But uh, So where so did like, the idea for the original prototype come from? And so that was... Uh, Actually, we used to make a lighting software called PureLight, and I made a bunch of these sort of lighting study environments that had lots of curves and weird shapes and stuff like that. And mm. uh, somewhere between that and, like, wouldn't it be awesome to have something on that surface and, like, because it's light map based, sample the light at point, like, make a game out of that. And that got into the idea of how could I have a 2D game on a 3D surface? And... Uh, went through a few different prototypes and found something that that you would look at and go, yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of proto curve space. And I was mm -hmm. actually pretty happy with how it played. Like it, it's like ah, I've I've cracked the idea of physics. I've cracked the idea of how the combat and movement works. Like there there's actually a game here. And that was kind of early 2019. And I I was all proud of myself. It's like yeah, I, I figured out this game. We're just gonna finish it up, throw it on Steam. This is gonna be awesome. And uh, then I I got Jen to play through it, and she's like, yeah. It's kind of fun to play. What are we doing? Why? Why are, why are we doing this? Um, so we then we tried to hash out kind of the reason why someone would play the game, kind of like the motivation and that, that sticks with the character. And we were driving down to all things uh, from Edmonton to Calgary to like a writing conference. And I turned to Andrew and I said, well, how about trans-temporal space spiders? And he's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> As <Yeah>. you do. <laughs> and, and, and like that's, that's a totally on-brand thing for Jen just to like, turn around and say and uh if you look at curve space um yeah you can see how ah transtemporal space spiders got it this fits <laughs> and it kind of led to like there's a little bit of a choose your own adventure flavor too as you go through the story as well um but yeah that was so funny we were going on a writing convention and it inspired all this we didn't even get to the panels before we were thinking up ideas but um yeah to it's uh it went from there yeah so where would you say the major source of inspiration are, either for the story or gameplay or setting? Well, we we hired an we hired a, a 2D artist, uh, Kyle Charles. He's worked. Uh, I know him actually through On Spec. On Spec had like a segment of um, kind of a graphic novel comic segment for a while, mm -hmm. and he had uh, done some artwork for us. And he's done stuff for uh, I think Heavy Metal and I think 69, which is zombies in Vietnam. I, th I think. That's that's nice. a comic, but he uh, yeah so he he did some artwork for us and then we we went back and said okay we need some more artwork and then we we looked at the characters that he'd done and thought well yeah we can center it around this uh, this uh, female space miner energy farmer and we kind of went from there. Yeah, so like the the original character was just like we wanted a slightly jokey intro just to sort of ground things and uh, uh, didn't want to do like the space marine or something like that. And we're both fans of like female protagonists, so it's kind of like okay, well if she's not like a space fighter, what's the alternative? And this is right before like Love, Death, and Robots, but like yeah, of, of course she's basically somewhere between like sci-fi oil rig worker and a farmer. And like our our intro little cinematic, it's like. Uh, first, we used to gather energy and cool music playing and whatever, and it's kind of sci-fi oil riggy. Uh, this attracted spiders, and oh, the music picks <laughs> up, and like, of course it does, and these giant spiders. And then it, it flicks to her, and it's a, and now we harvest spiders, and she has this perfect smirk, and it's like, yes, that's a good thing. It's it's much more entertaining source of energy, and uh, 
built a lot of the game kind of around that first image and and then turned that character and then then we thought again it's like this is good we got it we're harvesting spiders that, that's all we need and and the damn players they want a story with like <laughs> reason and arcs and things so we 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 really sort of flesh that out and like what sort of timey wimey parallel universe stuff would uh, start to make sense around this character so that was uh that's on the story side uh gameplay wise um if you play it it's the big inspirations although there's a lot of things going on but the big ones would be like unreal tournament uh uh 99 like the original unreal tournament and stared in so two games i've spent way too much time playing and it feels a little bit of both but on a 2d surface map to or 2d field map to a 3d surface and that's uh, weird i I wouldn't have picked those for for inspirations because the first thing that jumped to my mind was i don't know if you're familiar with super stardust i've heard of it since but nope that's uh uh that that was not uh and and since learning about it like nano assault it's kind of like yeah, this is awesome. This is exactly the sort of game I'd have liked to have played as inspiration. Uh, learned about it well after Curve Space had been sort of established. Um, oh man, that's so cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that was the the inspiration, but it's cool to think about you inspired by mapping an existing game to a, like a different plane of play. Like think, uh, yeah, like Geometry Wars, and actually Geometry Wars three kind of was on the same wavelength. Like. Uh, uh, again, after I'd had some initial prototypes, but like, yeah, a lot of Geometry Wars love the sort of twin stick shooter feel, the classic shoot 'em ups. Like Steradin, I'm a huge fan of. So, um, so that, but a lot of people have gone like, this kind of feels retro. Not necessarily like even the retro retro, but like it feels like kind of some of the better like early 2000s games. And it's like, yeah, that's when I had lots of time to play games and not work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, Steve, why don't you why don't you ask some of these these later questions? Yeah, sure. Um, so the game is is coming out on Steam Early Access. Wondering why did you kind of decide to go the like Steam Early Access like route? Well, it's not really. Uh, we have a demo on Steam, um, and then we have the beta, which is basically a sign into the Discord and. We'll uh, give you a little bit more content, but it's also means where we can talk about and get feedback. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, not really the full early access model, and it's been one of those big discussions back and forth. Um, so, hindsight, not sure if I'd have done it differently, but is what it is. So with the with the beta, like how like how does how do you kind of set up the beta like on on Steam? Do you have to like tell them? Do they give you any resources? Like it, like it's I guess you were kind of using it as a way to guide people to the Discord really as well right yeah like at, at the end of the day uh the whole point of the beta like it's it's the steam demo uh but with a argument that unlocks a little bit more content um mm. so it's it's really just a demo i would have loved to do a here is like a beta key or beta build branch whatever you want to call it on steam but that you can't have wish lists like you can't if you give someone a key even for development um they uh, they can't wish list and so it was one of these you know what really it's going to be the same content like we didn't want to give away the entire game in this public beta um, so well maybe let's turn that into a demo and uh, it was about the same time we were talking with Xbox about being part of their summer event so it's like actually you know what let's actually do this have a proper demo and then uh, the the beta is really a little bit of extra content but also a means of tell us about the demo and 
and let's talk. And it's been really quite successful in that. We've had uh, uh, a couple of great discussions on our Discord. Uh, we've uh, brought in a couple of the people from that into basically the in-studio development side of things. And the feedback has been just amazing to really yeah. help hone this and understand what works. And uh, a big shout out to our, our beta testers, especially uh, uh, I mean, Dan, uh, who's really helped show us how this game works at like a high skill level of play. And it's been amazing to kind of narrow it down and, and dial it into like how you'd want to play this if you're going for that trillion points. Um, and then also a uh, big shout out to Sam, who's like, this is just a fun game to play and, and really kind of helping us bridge that whole spectrum. Yes. Um, I guess like talk about like the music a little bit, like, did you get like, where did the idea come from the music? What was like the, the kind of the, like the theme that you wanted to go in for it? Like who did you, who did the music for you guys? Like what was that process kind of like? Well, how that started, we actually, we've gone through the uh, label Fix Neon, but how that um, happened was Andrew was programming at in the wee hours of the morning. Um, and he would always have like, um, there's a couple I think DJs on YouTube. There's like Astral Throb and oh, Prime Thanatos, yeah. uh, New Retro Wave, and they they play all this the synth great synth wave music, which has like vocals and not vocals, and you can kind of get into the zone with it. And Andrew was listening to this, and I think it was inspiring all of his Tron lines in the uh, the <laughs> art and um, just the, just the direction. And he's like, yeah, there seems to be like a theme with this music here. Maybe we should like incorporate it. And after some investigation, there's a label called Fixed and they have also uh, another label called Fixed Neon, which does kind of like more of the synth wave. And it's been absolutely a pleasure working with them. They've been, they, they understand gaming, which is really cool. Yeah, the, the music literally started to color the game to the point where I'd like do a play test and I'd have to put some of this on in the background. And then it's like, okay, if instead of like commissioning music which is sort of the original plan although that can get quite expensive it's like maybe i can just license the stuff that already exists and so i went to uh uh trace back uh, one of the songs that i rather liked and ran into the fixed neon guys and uh they are awesome to any game devs uh listening to this highly recommend yeah. f-i-x-t and they get games so and to put that into contrast um so for them, they're like, cool, you want these songs in the game. Yeah. Here is a price. Wow, I, I can afford that. This is awesome. Uh, and, and yeah, they, they we even arranged a bit of a cross-promotional thing. Like, they have more music than I could possibly ever get, so it was, it was, it was great. So we're exclusive with Fixed, but it also means that, like, I'm, I'm enabled to, like, sh share their praises, and, and they've done a little bit of promotion. It's been great. But uh, to put that into contrast... Uh, there's this one song that we wanted that they didn't have. And so we tried to license this and it started through a guy in Los Angeles and then it connected to another, like I guess his boss, this agent in Los Angeles. And then that connected to the original artist in the UK. And so we had to negotiate the, uh, uh, the like master rights. And so we back and forth and we finally got an arrangement there, but then for the performance rights. So this agent actually now needed to be released by his label. And then that was another group out of the UK, but then that, Oh, they didn't have full control for worldwide rights. And basically with each <laughs> stage, they started adding zeros and by the, it ended up going back to Los Angeles and she's like, you can't afford this song. 
and it's just <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so then that it was like, awful. oh, it, it was absolutely miserable. And so then, uh, like, meanwhile, there's fixed, and it's like, this is amazing. And uh, we we negotiated a fixed price for access to the library. So it's like, maybe we can just rebuild our intro cinematic around one of the fixed tracks, and we did, and haven't looked back. That was that was great. So yeah, music licensing. I've heard horror stories. I've seen horror stories. Uh, it's it can be pretty brutal, but uh, fixed. They get games. So yeah. and they've got an awesome library. And we've got three pri- like three artists. We have uh, Scandroid, which is uh, Clayton. He I think owns the fixed label, um, Fury Weekend, and also um, Three Force. And they've just been the music's been great. Um, one of the songs that stands out is we have the in- instrumentals to them is um, um, Scandroid's uh, remix of I think Neo Tokyo by. Uh, I think that's the dance. Yeah, yeah, dance with the dead, which was really yeah, great, check great it out. music. It's pretty cool. I'll have to give that a listen. I really, really like the music in the game. It was one of the things that struck me right away playing it, uh, which is why we wanted to ask about it. Because yeah, I'm always interested in those stories about how whether you you work with a composer to make it for you or license it, and uh, <laughs> there's so many different ways to get your music. Uh, yeah, music is it's a really important part of the experience and. Uh, so again, for game devs out there, like if you're looking for something that already exists, uh, I, I, I highly recommend trying to license it from a, at least a a label or someone who's, who's understanding, uh, fix is great on the composer side. The, if you need something different, oh, that's a great experience. It's a lot more expensive. Like you're, you're, you're potentially like you're working with a master craftsman, right? Um, but, uh, uh, we have an unreleased project, and that was great. And we needed this unsettling horror sort of like something a bit like different a tension, with attention to it, and just kind of this build, and it kind of like meanders. But there's some type of you're you're on you're on edge with the music, and it wasn't even like a horror horror thing. It was a VR experience we were working on. And it just, it really added to that. And and like you give those sort of weird requirements, and he's like, I got it. And then he came back. It's like, so my dad had this old rusty piano and I like took it apart and I like scraped various tools across the strings. And I took some samples of that. And here, let me play this. And you're listening. It's just like, that is amazing. And it is unsettling, but neat. And it escalates and like it ticks off all these boxes. So like, yeah, if you need something weird uh, or something that really fits to an emotional theme or all that, like, yeah, work with the composer. It, it, it is fantastic. But uh, uh, if you just like, need some good synthwave beats, um, consider licensing. So you you mentioned uh, an unannounced VR side project. Is that also by Only by Midnight? That predated Curve Space, uh, so hopefully we get to pick that up again. Um, The... You know what? I guess we can can mention it now. Uh, We just got uh, uh, a letter... um, saying that we got our basic funding for the Tragic Kingdom, which is going to be our next project. So we pitched that back this uh, spring with a couple of friends. And uh, that's going to be a whole separate discussion. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys about just that project itself, but it's really cool. It's a pencil-drawn, quirky sort of platformer, but it leverages a lot of the weird tech from Curve Space to do platforming in kind of a way you haven't seen. And all Ooh. with this just amazing... Uh, pencil drawn aesthetic and like curve space is what can andrew build with a little bit of help from guys like uh, jerry and kyle and whatnot 
the Tragic Kingdom is a what happens when only by midnight gets funds to hire guys <laughs> like Jerry and Michael and people who actually know how to do this yeah. stuff and uh, and leverage some of this tech. So that that's going to be a fun one, but. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to speak about it quite yet, other than, like, we got a letter to, this week, and it's like, oh, we got this! This is real! That's Scoop. awesome. Canadian Game Dev Scoop! <laughs> Scoop, <laughs> Steve, play the sound! Um, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Alberta Game Dev scene. We all, we've done interviews pretty much every province across the country. How do you find the game development scene in Alberta, in Edmonton specifically? It's It's been great. Uh, there's a well, there was a monthly meetup, which was awesome. So all the developers would get together. Uh, there would be kind of the usual sus- suspects every month. And they would do um, be a nice setup. There would be presentations. And then people have a chance to either, you know, demo a game and, and people could try it. Or there would be presentations on a wide wide array of topics, like from uh, approaching influencers and what they're looking for to, you know, grants of grants and funding that's available to someone would talk about. Like um, Andrew talked about his experience developing for uh, Nintendo and it just it, it's a great community and i've noticed just with edmonton itself and the science fiction and fantasy c- scene too um you wouldn't expect it but it's it's really it, there's a lot of community in edmonton and you get like a lot of community within the groups and interests and even in, when we went uh, we went to reboot red uh in 2019 and the, the alberta community was great we met people from calgary and everyone's just open friendly and they like to talk about um, game development yeah a very vibrant scene in edmonton um uh the uh game camp or beer pub as well as or uh, game pub as well as uh like i think there's a what's sort of a restaurant meetup with uh, the usual suspects back in the olden times when we could all go out <laughs> to places uh but just great great people all around um edmonton for a while was basically like bioware and then like a couple of little little pieces but mm-hmm. uh it, it's it's spread up a bit and so like i think on the big side you have uh uh bioware is certainly still the, the mountain and then you have improbable and serious labs i think are probably the big three and then you have uh uh beamdog and a whole slew of of indies and a lot of experience in like former bioware or uh, people uh, out of like the u of a or or all these sort of projects and like it, it's great uh, like my cousins have a little vr escape room uh, business um learned about a couple actually new studios uh, just a couple weeks ago like it's 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 surprisingly vibrant on the indie side and i think a big part of that has to do with the university uh the colleges that kind of really set up and empower this as well as having like a big draw like bioware to kind of anchor things that's awesome that's that's think i think um a pattern i've seen is there's always a big studio whether it's ubisoft or ea and people work there for a bit until they get these indie inspirations and sort of split off and then the indie scene grows around the bigger pool of talent yes yeah, definitely uh, feel that. And it's nice to have a little bit of competition isn't even the right word, but a little bit of variation on the uh, kind of the anchor tenant side between uh, uh, Bioware and Probable and, and Sirius Labs. But e- even that's fairly permeable. Uh, I've got friends who started at Sirius Labs who are now at Beamdog. Sirius Labs, half of uh, the staff there had time at Bioware, right? Like it, it's kind of all, all around. But um, yeah, a lot, a lot of really good people in the scene in Edmonton. One question I like to ask developers we have on the show is what is one thing you wish you knew at the start of your game development career that you know now? Oh, for us, I would say 
Marketing starts day one. Oh man, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's getting the word out. Uh, I mean, we've got the philosophy, you know, if you've got to shake as many hands as possible, sure. That's great, but you have to be, um, and and there's that, and the other one that goes with that is just you have to jump into it. If you hesitate, like if you push back or hesitate, you you you're starting later and later. You're putting the starting line further and further away. It's just even diving into it. You have a chance to learn, and you will make er- you'll you'll make mistakes, and then you'll course correct. And that's been really um, really important for us. So market as soon as possible. <laughs> And it's even, it's not even like marketing, like buying, like more of like getting the word out and building a community and like even just as simple as posting on social media and and talking to people and, and you just have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Marketing is, is huge. We're still learning and figuring a bunch of that out. Uh, My experience at through Sirius Labs has been business to business marketing which mm-hmm. is different like i could tell you all about how to get a pilot project with caterpillar but i have no idea on the like how to leverage twitter and we're just figuring these things out so that's that's been weird and scary um uh yeah marketing is is one of those big pieces and it's been really nice being able to have jen like really dive into that and kind of yeah. share some of that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of my indie peers you see it's kind of like cool you've been working on this project for years and the net code is really solid and the 3d art is coming along really good. And have you posted this anywhere as no, no, it's you, you, you gotta get this thing out there. You gotta, gotta start sharing. And then I think mm-hmm. like the other side I'd have is uh, like, I've been doing this for a little over, Oh, I think in game design total, I think that's what now 17 years, but uh, like serious labs is uh, my time. There's going to be 16 years coming up. Um, so I've been doing this for a long while and it's only now that I feel I know enough to kind of jump out and try this crazy indiness. And even then, like I'm, I'm extraordinarily interdisciplinary. That's, that's my thing. Like I, I, I know the programming, I know the visual art side, uh, some of the sound, and I've really put in a ton of time to kind of understand that and understand how to pull all these things into an experience. So mm-hmm. I see so many indies, it's kind of like, cool, I've taken my six-month diploma course, and uh, now I'm going to go out and make a game by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oof, as a practice exercise, great, anything that gets you doing stuff is good, but like... Ugh. And and then, or you have a lot of these people where it's kind of like, we've got one or two years experience or something like this, and now we're going to go and, and do this. And it to, to get a game out there, you have to be, like, you need a programming team, you need an art team, you need an audio team, you need a marketing team. And at the end of the day, it's a business. So you need a CEO. And mm. it's like, that's a lot of hats for two of us to wear even daily and, operations and like, too, like admin all, and all, all, all of this and like i've got 10 years experience being like a one-stop shop of programming and art like i know how to do that and so then you you, you see so many where it's like cool i've now know how to do art i'm going to make a game by myself no mm-hmm. find a team be part of that and yes teams can be scary and unstable and especially when things are free there can be a lot of weird drama and 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 stuff like that but like the best advice i'd have to someone starting out would be uh don't try and do the solo indie thing don't try necessarily do the like we're gonna make a game and, and and go all indie join a team find some mentors learn from people learn the process learn the tools and then consider stepping out 
Well, that seems like a, a really great note to wrap it up on. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew and Jen. Do you want to plug all of your stuff one more time before we say goodbye? Certainly. Come visit us at um, so cur- curvespacegame.com is our website. We are listed on Steam under Curvespace. Um, you can wishlist us. We'd really, that'd be awesome. And we have our demo up too. And if you're interested, uh, visit our website. It's curvespacegame.com. And there is a link to our Discord. You can join it and you can ask for a chance. Yeah, well, join the Discord. Uh, we're happy to upgrade that Steam uh, demo to the beta one with a little bit more content. But mostly we just really love the feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in that final stages while things are still a little bit plastic. So that feedback has been super valuable. Uh, if you don't have a gaming computer, you can find us at... Uh, uh, if you search for Curve Space on Xbox Live, the demo went out as part of the summer event, and that's been going well. And um, yeah, uh, social media, the links are on any of these pages, but uh, basically at Only by Midnight on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. And we we had a lot of fun making this game. We'd really like you to just stop by and play it and try it. Yeah, and we'll, we'll be out on uh, PC, so Steam, uh, Xbox, um Nintendo Switch and PlayStation. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we'll be looking forward to covering Curve Space and all future projects by Only by Midnight here on CanadianGameDevs.com. And thank you so much thank for what you. you're doing. It's been a joy seeing you guys on uh, on Twitter. It's, it's, oh, it, it feels nice to see that sort of spotlight for Canadian development, not just personally, but all these really cool projects. So thank oh, you so well, much. Thank you so much. We love Appreciate we love it. doing our part. We love seeing, co- covering, being. Isn't that right, Steve? That's exactly. <laughs> uh, cool. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And yeah, join join the Discord at, at Only By Midnight and CurvespaceGame.com. Bye. <laughs>